Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am thrilled to be having a conversation with the insightful and wise Bonnie Worth. Bonnie is an empowered strategist and soul mentor with deep compassion for the human condition. Having overcome a very tumultuous and painful past, she now helps women up-level their life and reclaim their light in a way that truly honors them, spirit, body, and mind. Bonnie offers personalized coaching programs, transformational retreats, and courses that move women beyond the ego's concept of life and illuminates their path back to wholeness. Bonnie, welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast. Thank you so very much, Kilkenny. I cannot even begin to tell you what an honor it is for me to be here with you. Well, I'm really so overjoyed because I just know our guests will eat every word you say up. So (laughs) right away, I'd love to hear the first question, as I know you know, I ask Mm -hmm. all my guests, which is what does it mean to be a modern mystic to you? Oh my gosh, it is the yearning for something more beyond what is within our physical reality. It is the seeking of our very spiritual and mystical power of the knowing of our of even greater purpose in this life. For me, this is about becoming the the liberated the liberated from what is ego's definition of our life and possibilities and seeking beyond that and knowing ourselves above all. Mm, mm. Oh, so many rich bits of that. Um, I'd love to highlight for the listeners. So pithy and profound when you said <laughs> yearning for something more. I love that, right? Because yeah. I feel like, you know, at the heart of all of every human journey, there is a common denominational factor. That's that, which you, you know, really were eloquent in your articulation of, right? I think everyone is yearning for something more. And then, you know, people do horrible things with that. And phenomenal things with that but there is this underlying current so so beautiful Mm. thank you and um when you say liberated from ego Mm -hmm. let's talk about that a little bit because that's really interesting for our listeners because there are so many different people who listen to this podcast from so many different um, philosophical viewpoints and stances of life so what does that mean to you when you say that and what does it mean to you the ego Oh my gosh. So, you know, I look, I look to, uh, you know, through the teachings and learnings over the years and remember listening to some presentations and working with the late Dr. Wayne, Wayne Dyer. And one of the things that he taught within his theology was that we have a tendency to edge God out. That's really what our ego is all about. So it really is, you know, and I'm a firm believer that we need to embrace our ego. It's a very, 
very thing that actually makes us human. But it's also an understanding that in liberated from the ego, which means the lower aspects of our personality, we can think of that from an astrological standpoint in terms of, you know, there being high and low aspects of our personality. And we want to look to cultivate our lives and liberate us from what are the limitations of the lower self within our personalities and bring us into alignment with more in the truth of who we are at that highest level of our personality and of our being. So liberating from the ego sounds really extreme because we don't ever want to get rid of our ego. Our ego is that part of us that without it, we'd never get anything accomplished in our lives. We'd never be able to go to our jobs. We wouldn't be able to take care of our children. We wouldn't even be able to have be having this conversation here within this time-space reality. And so we look at really honoring that lower part of us, but also transforming it so that we can be liberated from the limitation that exists within it, the fear base that can be there and really come into our own. Mm, I love this answer so much because you really, really encapsulate what I have come to know as true and what is true for me. And it's really beautiful, that idea that the ego is not something to be annihilated, right? It's something to work with, you know, because there's some systems of belief and I honor them all, right? Where it's, there's an eradication of ego and you're speaking about what in my mind is really spiritual maturation, understanding it's not one or the other. It's not eradicate the ego or go full, you know, steam in, you know, only into the ego, but you said it really beautifully. It's about liberating ourselves from the limitations of our Mm -hmm. ego understanding, like you said, ego is what helps us function in this world. Ego helps us deliver the gifts that the divine gave us to this world and, you know, do our specific duties, our dharmas, like you said, parenthood or whether we're, you know, a business leader or whatever it is. Um, but it's it's about liberating ourselves from the bondage of the ego and how you said yes. so beautifully that lower aspect of the ego that, you know, is self-absorbed that is mm-hmm. narcissistic you know we can go on and on with the list oh, I think totally. our understand that <laughs> but it's just thank you because that's very to me it's it, I, I kept thinking wow that's such a synonymous answer even with why i named this podcast modern mystic it oh. almost seems oxymoronical right like um but it's holding the space for you know being embodied and then mm-hmm. also becoming liberated Absolutely. And it really is. And I I just love as you as you kind of recap on that, too, because it is about cultivating the awareness of what is the highest version of our personality and letting that be in the driver's seat in our life, letting that be where we're making our choices, where we're making our decisions and entrusting that we are being so guided. We are being you know, we have a purpose here under God and that when we are tuned in and tapped in to that degree within our own self, we are being cared for we are being guided and that um you know anything that may have been the tendency of limitation can be so easily overcome from that vantage point mm. oh love it love it so much thank you You're welcome. now one of the things i love and honor about your work is your vulnerability your authenticity and your wisdom from experience mm. surrounding the topics of pain trauma And, you know, often in the spiritual circles, these things aren't really focused on so much, I feel like, at times. You know, there's the bypassing, et cetera. And so I'm wondering, Bonnie, if you would be willing to share a little bit about your background, your hardships, and how they, 
informed and continue to inform your spiritual life, your practices, mm. and, and ultimately your work in this world. Yeah, you know, that is such a, such a beautiful, uh, beautiful question. And I think even before going is looking at when we look at bypassing this human part, this, this part of us, this emotional one that was hurt or wounded or struggled in any way, as we bypass that, we're also bypassing our humanity. And because it is in the realization that yes, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, but we are here for the human experience. We are here to, to learn and evolve in our own humanity through the hardships that we have, not just the triumphs. And I think where, as you said, when we get on the spiritual journey, and I know for me personally, that was part of it too. It was once I kind of fell into these these shifts and these changes that were happening, it was all I was seeking or craving and that I was avoiding what was the dark or the pain or the wound of, of life and, and of what had happened. It was almost like I thought I went from what was a suffering in, you know, in life within what we say a physical world or an unawakened state to being awakened and still coming into the realization that I was still suffering. And so it was in that point where I really began needing to take a look at what was, what was sitting there as, as I shared, you know, yeah, a very tumultuous past. I had a very difficult upbringing. Uh, it was one, you know, of, of poverty, of hardship. Um, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was emotionally unavailable. There was lots of trauma that took out, you know, took place within what was the chaos and the challenges of that home environment all in its own. And then, you know, I'm an incest survivor. I was molested. I was raped four times. Most people don't understand that. They look at me and think, oh my gosh, she's got it all together or look how happy she was. But I really wasn't. I really was a great pretender to the outside world of making it look like I had everything together. But yet, deep down, I had these compounded traumas that I was dealing with and compounded traumas that through my work and my healing that I've really come to understand exist within what are four core wounds within our very human condition, which have to do about abuse, about abandonment, about loss and codependency. And so my experiences through uh, the the traumas, the violence of what I witnessed, of what I uh, what I experienced personally, uh, the impact of that really became a deterrent of anything that was power, was joy, or light. I actually didn't even really have an awareness <laughs> that there there was light in the world because you know I had had a life that was so uh, convoluted within what would be uh, the dark. You you know, the dark or the uh, the emotionally imbalanced, the, the mental illness, you know, all of those things that impact. I saw more within the eight years of my, the first eight years of my life than any child should ever have to go through in terms of the, you know, looking at mental health issues within the family and, you know, nervous breakdowns and things like that. And what comes within all of the the experiences of it, not only on an emotional basis, but within, as I said, the violence and and uh, things that can play out there as well. I really hit, um, you know, I was a I was a mom at a very early age. I'd met my husband very early at, at that time too, but never even realized, you know, of where where the joy and the and the, and the blessing was going to take me in our worlds coming together. But I was a I you know I was at a very I 
had actually committed, tried to commit suicide several times uh, mm. as a young adolescent. I, uh, you know, at the earliest age of seven years old, where I really felt that life would be better for my parents if I had never been born. Mm. Uh, and so I remember, you know, crawling up into the medicine cabinet and you know, taking a handful of aspirin. You know, it doesn't sound that extreme and my hand was really little, but for, you know, the size of what I was, it was, it was a first, the, kind of the first call out within it. And uh, I remember once, once I took it and I remember going to bed and then I just prayed and prayed and prayed and apologized to God for having done this and to please, you know, pleaded to save my life. And of mm. course I had a really good sleep. And I woke up and, you know, no one was the wiser as to what actually had transpired. There was a lot of shame, you know, associated with the experiences that I have, you know, hanging on to everybody else's secret for years. I never spoke it out. I never told anyone. I never, uh, you know, I look, I look back, you know, even uh, the way our society has changed and the advocacy that there are for children and children's rights. I didn't have that. We didn't have that when we were growing up. There was no, there was no safe place. There was no outreach available. And I was so, just thinking that. To- right? Yeah. And so like I'm nothing. sure there are other listeners listening who, who have found themselves in experiences similarly right. not being able to be advocated for so thank yes. you for sharing in this such yeah way. and you know when I look and as I said and I met my husband you know when I was 18 years old I was you know I was a mom by the time I was 19 and uh I was with you know I had three had two other children later on. By the time I was 26, I had, you know, three babies. Uh, But that's when I really hit, and again, you know, astrologically, it makes sense because I'm coming into Saturn return. Uh, But it's really when I hit crises. I was at this point again where I was contemplating suicide. I couldn't cope with um, um, the depression, the panic attacks, the anxiety that was taking place. I was now emotionally unavailable to my own children. And uh, I, you know, really didn't feel like I had purpose or place in my my life because my past, the traumas of what has happened was really getting the best of me. I had actually uh, gone to see my physician and I had um, was sharing with him some of my inability to to cope and he wanted to diagnose me with acute depression. And uh, I he wanted in order to do that, he had to run through a series of questions. And I remember like answering all of his questions and giving him the answers that I knew he needed to hear so that I wouldn't be diagnosed Mm. because I never wanted to be labeled. I never wanted to have that hanging on me because I, you know, um, I think in some way looked at it as weakness. I looked at it as me not being strong enough. And so uh, I was, I remember, the night of in this pivotal place within my life. And I didn't want to go through with killing myself because I didn't want to leave that legacy to my children. I didn't want them to live in, in thinking that their mom, their mom was not strong enough or resilient enough in order to be there for them and to continue forward. You know, I felt guilty for bringing him into the, into this life and then leaving them. And so I prayed deeply, deeply that night. And I said, God, I said, you need to either take me from this life or you need to make everything that I've been through mean something. Mm. And that was such a turning point for me, Kilkenny, because, you know, ask and you shall receive. That is a spiritual law. And it was in a very short time. It was like all of the the people, the places, the circumstances, the events started showing up that started leading me to a path of healing 
through that time, I had, you know, seen therapists, I had gone to counseling, but it always felt like the wound was being exposed, there was salt being poured in, and nothing was helped, like there was no healing that was taking place. And my spirit was broken. And so it was at that turning point of that prayer and that invocation for help in my life, that all of those helpers became to come forward, all of the holistic alternative medicines, the, the healing energies, the, the, the way of life that I didn't even realize was available, what was available in from taking me from a place of being so powerless and believing this was such an unfeeling world and stuck in the stories of my victimization and everything that ran in the background of my psyche to this realization of my own power. Mm. Ah. And so... It was very transformative. And again, you know, there's so many facets to my story and so many, um, you know, I can, I could talk, you know, I'm writing a book on it because there's just so much, so many stories to the stories of the things that happened. And I know that, you know, in working uh, with, a, with, uh, you know, uh, my psychologist and, and, you know, she said too, she said, you know, out of her 40 years of, you know, doing the work, she said that my traumas from my early part of my life were probably the impact of what that was were probably among the four worst cases she had ever heard. Mm. There's so many layers. There's so much within it. And so she said to me, the fact that I haven't killed somebody and the fact that I'm not, you know, that I've been able to transform and, and to take what was the suppression of pain and suffering inside of me and really turn it to gold, um, is, you know, was quite miraculous to her. So uh, I love where I'm at in my life. I love my life. I'm very proud of, of what it, you know, what I've been able to overcome. And now, you know, being able to go into the world and to help women to give them back their own power, like I was had the blessing of having my power returned to me in my, in, you know, in, as I'm writing my book, one of the things I, I've always said is, and I've said it even before then I, and I stated in the book is that, um, I always allowed the dark, the dark souls to carry the light of my own. And so what happened is I claimed back my light. Mm. Mm. I mean, you're such a warrior ass and I'm sure everyone listening <laughs> is just going to be, you know, mic dropped, jaw dropped from your story. So again, thank you for your story. Thank Absolutely. you for your work and your journey and the way that now you are this beacon. And I love how you talk about it because like a beacon is I'm seeing that visual in my mind, like you're, you're like, yeah, there's darkness and be the light. It's like, yes. just like with the ego, don't eradicate the ego, don't eradicate the darkness, you know, and that's mm -hmm. where we get into, I think the pitfalls and spiritual circles, pretending there is no darkness. Um, it's like learning how to be with our karma and our own darkness and the darkness of right. this world. And like you right. said, so, so profoundly and then bringing in the light. And I love how you spoke of, and I got chills when you said, ask and you shall receive. It sounds mm -hmm. like that was the pivotal moment for you. It absolutely was. And for people listening who might be in that similar space of dark night of the soul, is that your nugget wisdom? Do you have anything to add to that? Well, you know, I think that, you know, as ask and, and we shall receive, I think in that moment, that was a conversation between me and my higher power. And uh, that in just even making that, that 
that invocation for it allows, you know, the universe to begin to move, heaven and earth to begin to bring things forward to us. Mm -hmm. But we also have to be willing to stretch beyond our comfort zones. We have to be willing to try something we've never tried before um, and to reach out. And I think most importantly, to give voice. And one of the mentors and helpers I had, you know, along the way, um, he said to me, um, well, I had, you know, very, I had so many that were so profound for me, but he said to me, Bonnie, you have to be willing to speak to the unspeakable. Mm. Mm. And that that's where my liberation came from. Yeah. Yeah. And what did that mean to you? Um, your was, yeah, it was about no, it was no longer hanging on to the shame of other people's actions, of the things that um, I held that I was ashamed of, that I was embarrassed even happened, or that I blamed myself for, and that I kept the secrets and I held on to it as a way to protect other people. Well, at the at the exact same time, I was only continuing to abuse myself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I what needed a- to give and I needed to give voice. I needed to give voice and say, you know, speak my truth. And the truth was, I was damaged. I was wounded. I was raped. I was traumatized. I, you know, I was abused mentally, physically, emotionally, as well as spiritually. And I needed to give voice to that to be able to speak my truth, not just from the lower negative things that happened, but also speak my higher truth as well. The fact that, you know, I do believe in mysticism, that I, that I'm not a part of, uh, you know, of what is, um, a structure within, um, within belief systems, that I believe in something so much more, that I am tuned in and tapped in to the unseen realms, that I that I am a medium, that I am a spiritual empath. It was being able to finally come to a place where I could not just admit those truths to myself, but to truly be able to own it. Mm. Mm. And as you said, take your power back in doing so yes. and then g- gifting that power with others right. which is what's so incredible about you your story and your work in this world today i love how you spoke of the importance of opening up the conversation mm-hmm. with a higher power mm-hmm. because i think that is so key when we're dealing with trauma whether it's little t is you know is the big buzzword now these days i feel like little t big yeah. t trauma trauma and it's so yeah. important it's being conversed about because i think for so long it wasn't particularly in psycho spiritual circles and your wisdom nugget of saying yeah like it's you started the conversation with mm-hmm. your own higher mm-hmm. power and right. you know that can look like so many different things for different people and it's about finding your own unique way to converse with the divine right because then the divine once you've opened yourself up you know like you know in your example you talked about that dark night of the soul rock bottom moment and often it takes uh life to bring us those and gift us Mm -hmm. those to actually fully open up to conversing with the divine with the universal with you know our higher self whatever you want to call it right and i think so often you know we're doing all these things in the way of perhaps healing and self-care. But if we're not really doing them from a place of deep yearning and openness to conversing with the divine, we might not be following the right breadcrumb trail, if you will. Right. Absolutely. And it's not, you know, we look at conversing, you know, with, 
with the divine and, and the influences of what are the higher power and helping to, you know, lo- to guide and lead us forward. And I think, you know, I want to go back to something you said too. I'm one of the things, and it really irritates me. And anytime I know when something irritates me, it's something I need to speak up about because there is, uh, there is even in what is the downplaying of trauma to say it's a little T and a big T. It is completely diminishing the emotional impact of someone's experiences. Trauma is trauma. And it doesn't matter if it occurred in childhood. It doesn't matter if it's adulthood. What happens to you, whether it's an extreme experience or even if it's through what other people may judge as being smaller or insignificant, what is to understand is it changes the experience of yourself and it changes your experience of the world. And our human instinct is to protect ourselves. And so when we've been traumatized to any extreme whatsoever, we look at finding ways to cope. We form addictive behaviors. We have an inability to have healthy or intimate relationships. We even go into self-harm. We, it's difficult in dealing with conflict. We, ha- we suffer from anxiety, the depressions, all of those things that lead us to believe that we have no value or purpose in this world. And when we reach out to something beyond what is the physical experience, into reaching out or seeking what is that that higher power and that connection to the divine, it helps us to come into a place where what has affected us mentally and emotionally can no longer overtake us, but they bring us forward to what is the the healers, the shamans, the people who can help to heal our broken spirit. So I never, I, I, I'm a firm believer that everyone's feelings are valid, that it doesn't matter to the extent of what your trauma has been. Recovery from trauma is not easy, but it's possible. And those emotional and psychological reactions that we have are very normal responses to very abnormal situations. Mm -hmm. And we can't overlook or downplay the impact that it's had in the wounding or compare one wounding to the other, because it's all about the brokenness of an individual. Mm, yes, thank you for that nuance and all that subtlety and that just really um, normalizing and and validating uh, trauma and all the ways that it can show up for people in our lives. Yeah. So beautiful and really, really interesting to me because the whole notion as you're speaking of as to like really, you know, let go, so to speak, and open up that conversation with the divine or your inner self or however you're thinking about it. It's occurring to me, right? That's when we let go of the limitation of our own ego. Absolutely. <laughs> right? That's that's yes. what that means is there yes. is something greater guiding my life. And when I open up and listen to that and trust that whatever has happened as horrific and traumatic as it has been is teaching my soul lessons and then is within it some kind mm-hmm. of gift to then offer the world and how do mm-hmm. I heal and then do so. Yeah, the the jewels of wisdom that come from what are the, the from suffering, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at the fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, but our soul, you know, is here for those human experiences. And it's, it's evolving through the contrast, it evolves through the lessons of despair, and how it is that we are looking to remember our own light to remember 
who we really are. And so all of the, all of that is a part of the, what is our greater purpose. You know, I have so many people that come to me in the work that I do that are all seeking. They feel like they have a greater purpose. They feel like there's something that's nudging or calling them forward. And the greatest purpose of our life is ex- experience is to remember who we really are. Mm, totally. Right? Totally. It is, it is coming into that fullness and that wholeness and understanding of our own divinity, of our own light, and then using that as a way to move forward in our life. Mm-hmm. And then when we have that experience of remembering who we are, you know, that's when we serve the world in the mm-hmm. fullest way. And then that's when our dreams are realized, you know, as a byproduct mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely. Because it, and it, and it comes from a place of being, you know, we look at, again, that lower part of the ego that's looking to be served, whereas when we transcend, we go into the higher part of the, of our personality, and now we look to serve. Mm. So, so beautiful and so true. And, you know, in that service, when we have that viewpoint and that intention, that's when we're, we know we're speaking with the divine, <laughs> you know, right, right. that's when we're in that conversation. Oh, like I'll think about that with different things with my life, my intention and my goals professionally, personally, you know, if we're reflecting back, okay, who am I serving? What mission mm-hmm. am I serving? I mean, I think about that every day as a practice. That's one of my practices. Yes. That's what clicks and it reminds me, okay, yes, I'm back in the conversation with life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Back in the conversation with life. It's what, what opens your heart to life. Mm. And that's really, you know, we need to be willing to do that. The light and dark of it all, the pain and the suffering and the joy. And I know even for myself, I was so caught up in, in the victimization of my story. I was so separated from the fact that there was joy in the world. I knew that there, you know, at that time too, I, I only knew that there were two emotions. You were either happy or you were sad. And I was sad, so I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't know there was joy. I didn't know there was bliss. I didn't know there was peace. I didn't know any of that because I was so caught up within the narrow lens that I was experiencing my life. And here, when you come into, as you said, we begin to open up to life. We begin to open up in a way that really becomes, you know, the very purpose as to why we're here. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, I had someone ask me recently, like, so are you happy? You know, and just like, yes. you know, and that's a question and it, you know, it's well-intended. I know, yes, but it's just what you're saying. It's that dualistic perspective, like right. you're happy or you're sad, you're, you know, <laughs> fulfilled or not, you know, it's just so not the, not the helpful conversation when we're speaking of the full gamut and full palette of the emotional spectrum, which is part of our spiritual life. You know, it's not something like the emotions, just like the ego are to be bypassed. And I know I grew up, uh, I grew up in a family of yogis and a very kind of serious yogic path. And, you know, when it came to emotions and feelings, I had another part of my family that were psychologists. So it was Mm -hmm. almost like within me, like fractured, there was like the spiritual side, which was incredible. Um, but it wasn't until my early 20s that I was able to start to find the psycho-emotional aspects of life mm-hmm. and learn how to integrate them into my spiritual life. And I think that's a, that yes. can be the case with a lot of people, you know, and that's that's what a byproduct. Like, are you happy or are you sad? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, there's so much more. And so experiencing much more. all the more and saying all the more, like you said, and finding words for all the more is spiritual. It's, it's a lens and it's a portal to the divine. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I love you to say that the fracturedness of what that was, because it, I, I've seen it time and time again, in, you know, again, in the work I do, the, you know, where, where we look at, okay, this is, this is me in my day to day life. And this is me on my spiritual path there. And what needs to happen and what does eventually happen through, you know, conscious work and the, the unfolding of human consciousness and different degrees of enlightenment as begin to take place is that it begins to merge as one that we need to be willing to live our spiritual life, not just keep it in the closet over here in something we do on the weekends, or just when we go and we're on our yoga mat or when we, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's like, it's bringing it into the wholeness of, of life itself. And, you know, we get into that, into that place, we begin to understand in the grand scheme of things, all of the, all of the chaos, all of the challenge, all of the separation that has played out was there for us. It was there for us to come to our higher realization. Hmm. Oh, that is just amazing and mind-blowing. And, you know, coming from your story is just just so, so inspiring. And I'm curious, too, like when you talk about, because it's one of my greatest passions as a teacher and sharer of, you know, words and thoughts, Mm -hmm. has always been about living the practices of yoga, of meditation, of my like like in day-to-day life, in the nuts and bolts. And I get so excited when I heard you talking about that. Like the whole point of spirituality, right, is yes. every moment of one's life. And when you speak of things like um, emotions, could you talk a little bit about your views on anxiety, on, de- on depression? You know, in the psychology, you know, lands, you know, they fall very close next to each other from a traditional mm-hmm. psychological perspective. You know, mm-hmm. and I was wondering how you perceive them and mm-hmm. what karmic lessons do you think mm-hmm. these states of being can offer us and how, you know, you view these two. Yeah, uh, I, I I love this question again. This is so this is so great. It's like you and I have talked many lifetimes already about this stuff because it feels like it's just like we're so on the same page about all this. So when you look to so first off, I don't judge anything as being good or bad. And that is understanding that everything has purpose under God, that there is something that it is asking of us to realize, understand if it's in front of us, it's for us in some way. When we're in victimization, it's like everything is happening to us and we begin blaming all of the external experiences that are taking place. And as we come into a a greater presence of who we are, we begin to realize that everything is happening for us. So when we experience anything that we could say is judge or define as what would be a negative emotion in some way, first, it's an indication that we are out of alignment with who we are. That is why, that's why it hurts so bad. That's why suffering and depression is so debilitating. That's why anxiety is so overwhelming. It's an indication that we are, we are too separated from our own source. And it is the invitation to come back to source. It hurts because we're separated from the light. We want to bring ourselves back into, into that centeredness. The other thing that it represents in in looking, it's like depression is an indication that we've been spending too much time time focusing on the past. We're caught up in everything that we wish could have happened, should have happened, if it only happened. And that is really, that becomes what almost drags us down because we get depressed from looking backwards. Whereas as anxiety is an indication that we're stuck too far in the future. What we're doing when we become 
anxious about something is we get a thought or idea and we start to put a story behind it and we start to buy into the story. And with every thought we have, there's an emotional attachment that comes into play. And now we begin believing the story of something bad happening or something coming that we have no control over because we've bought into something that isn't even true. So the key, whether it's depression or anxiety, is to pull ourselves out of the past. It's to pull ourselves out of the future, to come into the present moment, to be mindful about where we are, to be conscious about where we are taking our life. We need to bless the past as and work through what has been the pain and the wound and, and understand that it had purpose, just as what is to come. This comes into a deep trust with the divine, a deep trust that we are on path and that all is going to be well. We have to, you know, our ego can be that thing, that lower part that can really trip us up. And then it becomes the conscious choices that we make in helping us to stay centered and aligned. Mm, so brilliant. So brilliant. Uh, we're on mm. the same line of the same page. I mean, we've never spoken right. in real time reality, but I'm like, oh my God, I did an episode a long, long time ago. I can't remember. I think it was the um, on being courageous. And wow. I literally talked about like the past, you know, being about the uh, depression and anxiety in the future. And I just was literally thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to edit this podcast you know, to go through <laughs> that process to listen to Bonnie just rift so brilliantly because that was like total mic drop answer. So oh, thank awesome. you. It's awesome. Like I said to you. <laughs> because yeah, how often, really I mean, I now maybe in your spiritual circles, but I mean, I've just, you know, again, for decades and decades, you know, these terms linked in spiritual conversation, I have not heard, you know, and it's just so mm -hmm. important to, to integrate and, and really have a holistic spiritual life and practice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, speaking of wholeness, which I've heard you use and I've seen on social that word you use. Yes. So do you believe in self-realization, self-actualization, aka Buddha, a Christ mm -hmm. state? Do you believe that's possible and connected to the whole idea of wholeness? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do believe that it is possible. And I do believe that there are many enlightened beings like Buddha, like Jesus, like these people who have come before us who were already enlightened when they got here. And they were here to help <clears throat> help humanity transcend and transform into the into their realizations, these teachings, these things. And yes, that they did indeed reach what we could say is a total state of enlightenment, because they already came to the world as into the world, their soul was already a master. And so they so it is possible. Is it possible for all of us? Well, that depends on what the mission and purpose is for our own soul. When I speak of wholeness, when in truly understanding what wholeness is, it is where the spirit, the mind and body are working congruently fluently in our life. And everything for me is spirit first. And I think that the whole trilogy of when we think of the holistic triangle of mind, body, spirit is absolutely backwards, because mind gives us the uh, direction that we need to the, the ego needs to do some work. Whereas when we align, and we can have, you know, take what has been broken within our spirit, and we can nurture the spirit within us, that our physical body can't help but be nurtured the the microgenetic field around the cells of our body responds to that energy and it allows for that to be you know for our vibration to raise for us to feel good for us to have all of what is the release of those the endorphins and all of those good feeling emotions that can take place and when when we are spirit first 
Not only is our body thriving and experiencing health, but now it's easy for our mind to be optimistic. It's easy for us to be positive and hopeful. It's easy for us to, to, you know, proclaim and rejoice in our life and be grateful. So I think that, you know, when I look at wholeness, this is, we need to start at the spirit. We need to start, you know, healing what is broken or what feels broken inside of us. And I also use the word broken lightly because I'm also a firm believer that we're not broken, that it's just we've been convinced we are and that there's something we need to heal and fix. And it just is, you know, within Buddha, Buddha teachings, they, you know, it says that um, we can choose to suffer or we can choose to, to not. And that really is ultimately what comes into play. But when we look at, you know, we look at understanding, you know, this, this greater aspect of who we are, it is in that moment we begin to liberate ourselves from the entire karmic cycle. And it becomes an understanding that it is a life, it is a death and a rebirth that we experience here. Mm, and yeah, that's, that's what whole and that's what wholeness represents. I love that uh, beautiful elucidation. Thank you. And I feel like you know our society because we're so body focused. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't have to. You some people you do. I think as a coach and leader. I mean, I'm uh, I'm curious with you if you've experienced this. Like once in a while, there's someone you have to like. So you know, really work like oh they're in a body. <laughs> not just yes. the spirit, you know, but most of us, as we know, our, you know, Western society is so focused on appearances, on our physicality, and mm-hmm. so completely in the Sahara desert of soul deprivation and awareness. Yes. And, um, it's just such a gorgeous answer, that idea of starting mm-hmm. from soul. I love that. Thank you. And I, you're welcome. And I think the other thing when we look at it too, it's also the understanding that, as I said, you know, we're here for the contrast. We're here for to evolve and grow through every experience we have, no matter how dark or, or you know, even the joy of, of the experiences, there's wisdom to be, to be attained within this life. And there is, you know, when we look at understanding any one of those correlations, any, any, whether it's the spirit, whether it's the mind or the body, we will all, you know, we'll get two of those, two of them in a real healthy state. And then the other one's going to need our attention. So we begin to focus and we begin to nurture that other part of us. And as we do, there'll be, you know, there'll be, and as we begin to create the health in it, there'll be two that'll be healthy and one that'll go out of balance. And so when we look at balance in the universe, that's really what the universe is about. Light and dark is about bringing balance. And when we look at the spirit, the mind and the body, this is helping us to stay in balance too. Oh, that's I love your two out of three metaphor too. That's so fabulous. And I'm laughing because you said you have three kids. Yeah. Yes, I do. Absolutely. And three grandsons. <laughs> three is my number. <laughs> three, the, the, the sacred number three. Yes. I love that yes. so much. And I loved how you talked about those three because I laugh. I have three children too. And that's the thing. Like I always think in my mind when like Two of them are like, like it seems like that ratio a lot. Like, okay, yes. two, like you're putting out the one fire and helping the one, and the two are good. Okay, and then once the one is like, you know, on track, okay, then another one. You know, you go back and forth <laughs> and having three, and so it's such a great analogy. And I also love how you talked about like challenging things, like in life, do not indicate that you're doing something wrong. Is how I right. would you know, rephrase what you're saying in yes. my own words, right? And I and I say to my kids, like, just because something's challenging doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean life, mm-hmm. you know, is 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 out of alignment. Doesn't mean you're out of alignment. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. And now I have um, you know, a teenager and another one coming. And and now they're like, Mom, challenging. I'm like, okay, sucks. Okay. Just because it yeah. sucks doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> 
Right. That's exactly it. And, you know, over time I've beginning, I begin to take a look at my challenges and I've, instead of looking at them as being this hardship that I need to try, you know, I look at it as an invitation and I begin posing questions to myself, like what's being asked of me here? What other solutions are there that would actually make this much easier for me to you know, that I haven't even considered. I begin to look, I begin to look at that there is this challenge is asking me to take a look, to stop, reflect, and consider what else the universe may be asking of me. Mm, That's really, really profound. And so challenges and obstacles are not something to stop. And I think this is, this is where people always will use this. And I think it's an excuse of the ego. I'm sorry if you, if anyone listening has used this excuse, I know I certainly use this excuse. So I feel I can talk, talk about it. (laughs) And that is where, when we are looking to make a choice and decision, we're always looking for guidance from the universe. We're asking the divine to give us a sign, show us something. And the moment there's an obstacle or challenge, we define it or take it as a sign that it's not meant to be. And yet that's not it, that every obstacle and challenge that comes up, it's asking us to transcend this. This is what's in the way in order for us to receive what it is we're asking for. Mm. Everything we ever want is beyond the fear. Everything we've ever asked or prayed for is beyond that resistance. But we use it within, again, we call it spiritual bypassing or, you know, the judgment of the ego that begins to define it. Oh, it must not be the universe, you know, does not, you know, the divine is saying I shouldn't be doing this. That's not in my highest and best. No, the challenge and obstacle is because this is in your highest and best. And I know for myself, the moment that my ego starts stressing out and, and, you know, having all of these, this uh, untethered, you know, (laughs) energy of like resistance and challenge within it. I know I'm on path. It's the very sign to me that something good is going to happen by as a result of where it is I'm going and what it is I'm looking to do. And I just need to begin asking what, what some questions, some powerful questions to help me get the guidance and the direction that I need to be able to overcome whatever challenge or obstacle is in the way. Ah, so fascinating. And I just, brava. Like I totally am so unbelievably jazzed by your answer because so much of what you hear and read and see, I feel like is, oh, it's not in the flow. It's not meant to be, you know, oh, like ease flow, you know, and I feel like particularly, you know, in like younger generations and I'm just like, uh, life isn't always that way. And spirituality isn't always that way. And my experience is just like you say, sometimes, you know, you hit the wall. No, it's not meant to be a factor to go down another street. It's like, okay, like you said, ask the questions, how do I get over the wall? (laughs) Right, right. Because it's an understanding that this is a gracious, generous universe that really does want us to succeed and have everything in our lives that's going to help that is indeed going to help us to thrive and to go and do the work that we feel called to do in the world. Why would it tell us to stop? Mm, Brilliant. Now, what happens, however, like, and how do you work with, say you're trying to, you know, you're at a four, you know crossroads or you're at a ball, a wall. Let's use a wall mm-hmm. since I brought up that example. And yeah. you are like, okay, the universe is putting a wall here. How do you distinguish if it is just something to climb over or within yourself, you're supposed to go right and left and mm. go away from the wall? Like how, you know, and I'm assuming you're going to talk about intuition maybe, but yeah, what, what's your, what's your uh, brilliance on that? 
First and foremost, I, you know, we can look at, you know, going above or walking around, but you know what, we need to go through it. And so going through it is beginning to take a look at what, what do I believe about myself that isn't true, which means that we may feel like we're not good enough. We feel like we're not, uh, we're not, you know, don't have enough education. We don't have enough, um, background to be able to do something that we really feel that we'd like desire to do. And so within it always becomes first and foremost, I take a look at what are the limiting beliefs that I have about my own possibilities? Who's and whose voice am I listening to? Am I listening to the voice of my lower ego? Am I listening to the voice of someone who traumatized me in earlier in my life or a teacher who said I wasn't smart enough? Whose voice am I replaying in that moment? I always like to take a look at that first, because that's what's going to move me through it. The second piece is that you're right. This is, and for me, it's beyond intuition. And so we all have intuition. We all have that gut instinct um, within, you know, of what is right and what is wrong. What is wrong? Excuse me. It's what helps us to navigate our lives. But when we look at connection and we look at invoking and calling in our spiritual advisors, the unseen realms, whether we say those are the loved ones, those are our angels, our guides, our higher power, whatever it is that you believe, as we begin to invoke and call upon that, this really is trusting where the guidance is taking me. So if the guidance is saying, yes, proceed in this, and I'm saying, oh, but there's all these reasons why this is never going to work. I trust the guidance anyway, because there is this part of me that I know that if I am scared about something, but I'm excited about it at the same time, it's an, it's a yes to me. It is the invitation to keep moving through this because it is the very thing that is saying, I am going to grow. I am going to learn because, and I'm going to need my higher power to see me through. And so for me, it's always about trusting the guidance, trusting what feels good beyond the logic of my ego. That's how I move through those obstacles. It also comes into, I always like to um, read or feel into the energy of things. And, and, you know, as we, we can pose a question and we can really begin to see, you know, is the energy of this really expansive? Because if it's really expansive and light and, and creates excitement. It is a go for me. But if the energy is constricted, or it's a little bit, you know, heavier, or it doesn't feel like it's as palatable, or, or I'm able to work with it, it feels like a very distinct no. So I always pose my questions, my decisions to my guides to the universe, I check into the energy of it to see where is it that I'm being led. And I trust in where I'm being guided over the logic of my mind. And then I Love use my that. mind, I use my mind, my ego to help bring it into, into formation. Mm -hmm. Just so, so many brilliant facets to that and so concrete. So thank you for really giving people tools and ideas about actually how to do that, how to yeah. connect with one's, you know, intuition and ultimately guides. Do you have any tips mm -hmm. specifically that you like to use? Cause you are really such a, mm -hmm a matrix of beautiful um, teachings and tools that are very practical <laughs> that I've seen you talk about. So, and, and in yeah. newsletters, so you talked about, you know, what I would say use uh, how to connect with your inner GPS, so to speak, mm -hmm. the way I do it parenthetically, there, there are different ways, but one of the ways I would offer to our listeners is I've learned in my body where no feels like and where yes feels like. Yeah. So like I right. like I've like you know you can start by doing something you know you love. Like I love mm -hmm. I don't know it just came to me milkshakes, which I'm lactose intolerant. Okay, so I don't, <laughs> anyway, it just came to me to say, so I know to trust that. So you know, and then I feel okay, milkshakes. Where do I feel milkshake? That's such a yes for me in my body, 
And then, you know, you think of something, no, and, and then you feel where that lands in your body, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that you, you know, it comes very easily. And then you can do that slowly like a muscle with more challenging decisions. But how would you suggest any little hacks or tips to connect with your angels and your guides? What do you do? Yeah. So the key is to get out of your head and into your heart. So being able to take yourself on very, you know, from focused intention as you sit down and close your eyes, get your, to get yourself really caught up in your mind, get, get your awareness and focus on, on your thoughts you're having, on your to-do lists, what it is that, you know, maybe your challenges, etc. And then consciously imagine that you're just as if you step into an elevator and you just allow for that elevator to begin to take you down, take you down past your eyes, your nose, your lips, your chin, your throat, come down into your chest and let it land in the heart. And I always like to encourage people to put your index finger and thumb together so that grounds you here. Because so quickly we can pop up back into the mind. When we come into the heart, we now begin thinking from our heart mind, which means it starts to, you know, the heart is the doorway to our soul. So we begin to work within thinking more consciously or direct on what it is in our best. And if it feels good, it is. If it feels good, it is. And that can feel good in your body. It can feel good in the energy. It can feel good in the thought. You might even get butterflies in your stomach. If it feels good, it's good for you. Love that elevator technique. That's fabulous. We can't do that from our heads. From our head, now the ego is going to be involved and it's going to say, well, that'd be really great to do, but I don't have enough money. I'm, I'm not educated enough. I, I don't have the resources available. I don't have the time, right? So the ego begins to rationalize it. Whereas when we get out of our head and we just move down that elevator, just let it, and it's just really what it's doing is letting your all of the busyness of your mind move down through and come to center, finding our center, being in center when we want to make decisions or choices. That's when we know, if it, again, if it feels good, it is. Pay attention. As you said, how does it feel in the body? Does it excite you? Does it feel expansive? Does it feel heavy or light? Get familiar with that. You know, other uh, for other people, you know, even using... Um, you know, any divination tools like a pendulum is a great way to do it. If you feel like you just can't get out of your head, you know, just, just, just ask or pray over that pendulum and just ask your angels, just say, please, I'm looking, angels, please come forward. I'm looking for some guidance. Show me is, is this decision to have a milkshake going to be in my highest or best? Yes or no. We want to pose yes or no questions to them and see where the pendulum, you know, does it swing? for you in a yes? Does it swing for you in what you know to be a no? And just, you know, trusting that, trusting it, even though the ice cream's there and all the strawberries and everything, it could be really easy to make it. It's going to say, no, you're a vegan. For me, it'll say no. It's just going to say no. It's not good for you, (laughs) no matter what your mind is telling you. (laughs) And I love what you spoke of, the divination tool. I've spoken this on other podcasts, so some of the listeners will understand what that is. But it's, you know, using something like a pendulum or how Bonnie and I just spoke of, using your body as a divination tool, which is essentially just a physicalized item to hear and listen to and receive messages from our our higher self or the divine, however you think about it. But it's really like a download to your own wisdom. You know, it's like an easy access download. And we truly, we, we can even use our physical body as the pendulum itself. This is something else I just want to share before we wrap up. It's like even sta- if we stand with our knees slightly bent and you just gently close your eyes and lower your gaze and you just ask, you know, universe, angels, is it in my highest and best to have a milkshake? And, you know, you go backward, 
that's, that's going to be a no. You move forward, it's going to be a yes. You're going to be able to know based on the pull of the pull or push that you receive. That is what's true for you. I love that. I love that you do that because I do that too in grocery stores and my my kids know like, okay, mom, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm like closing my eyes and then like moving forward. Do I want this item? Do we need this item? We're back, you know? I love, of course you do that too. It's so great. And thank you for sharing that because I haven't shared that on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, oracle cards are great too. And I think that, you know, if we're looking for any, if anyone is looking to really begin to create a stronger or more connection with their angels, with their guides, oracle cards are a great opening to be able to do that. They're amazing. Yep. Yes. Oracle cards, tarot cards, they're amazing. I, I do that with my monthly members and teach people about those. And, and they're, they've been a huge part of my whole life. So I, I definitely agree with that and support them so much. Yeah. I would love to hear you speak because you are, as you said, not only a parent and a grandparent, oh my goodness, you're, you're, I can't believe it. And, and yet you are, cause you are, would you offer some advice, um, you know, as people who are trying to be conscious custodians of their kids and raise them in more mindful ways? And mm. do you have any, you know, spiritual parenting and or grandparenting gems yeah. to share and shower on the listeners? Oh my gosh. I think that, you know, I look at my kids and I think they are my greatest achievement in life. And it was because I was willing to give my kids everything that I was not given as a child. And so it becomes not the material parts of things, but to give them your time, give them your your, their, your patience, give them your ability to truly just see them and witness them and love them for who they are. Give them all the love you possibly can and know that they're, they're here for a very distinct and purposeful reason. And that when you can nurture them, with giving from your whole heart, that th- that is going to really help them to become who they're meant to be in this lifetime. Mm. This is this isn't about controlling their decisions or you know give them the freedom to be who they are, give them the freedom to express, give them the freedom to cry, give them the freedom to laugh. Don't don't stop them from expressing who they are. It's mm. really really great. And what about when they're being really really challenging? <laughs> That's something with all my coaching clients who have kids, you know, th- basically all ages, but particularly teens and adult kids. I have, you know, I don't have adult kids, but I have clients who do. So what would you say yep. to that since you do? Oh my gosh, right? I mean, that's where, again, you know, we grow through every experience and I believe we grow as parents as well. Um, the the key for when my kids are challenging and so that I wasn't reactive to them and I wasn't continuing in terms of what was the uh, an abusive cycle is that I took time. I took time to breathe. I took time to center. I called in my guides. I asked for the help of the unseen world to help me to manage this in the best possible way to give me the words to give me to know how to care for them um and you know it became you know there were discipline i'm not i was never you know an authoritative disciplinary whatsoever but really talking to my kids and i just found that instead of reacting from you know at their level of their raised voices or at their anger or that the chaos that was coming for me it was about lowering my voice becoming quieter becoming softer and getting them they'd have to almost tune in and listen to what I had to say, which inevitably calmed them down. And we were able to move forward from that, you know, discipline was yeah, okay, well, you know, you have to have time out, and you're going to go into your room. And yeah, you don't get to play your game for a week, whatever, you know, 
was the was a part of it but it was never about adding to the chaos but training myself to be the peace that I wanted for my family mm, that's so beautiful training yourself to be the peace that you wanted for your family I'm also going to tell you I didn't do it perfectly because there were times that you know mom kind of lost her cool <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think that's, that's really empowering to talk about because, yeah. you know, as parents who are on a spiritual path, right? And mm-hmm. I think just particularly as parents and then as women, frankly, you know, there's yeah. a whole like, at least where we, you and I live in the United States, in the West, there's a real, um, what's the word, shadow of like, oh, being like the perfect parent yes. and then mother on top of that and then mm-hmm. spiritual parent or mother, right? right? And, and right. the pressure like you know, oh, you must never yell. I've had people say to me like, oh, you must be so calm and never yell at your kids. And, you know, oh, you just oh, don't understand. And it's like, no. And I no. think, so I think that's important to talk about like, you know, when we feel we've lost our cool or lost our way. And I love what you said, which is part of my own learning as a parent and growth edge, particularly because I have an Aries moon, which is for those listeners who, who I have a lot who love astrology and you, you alluded to astrology. So it's perfect. Yes. You know, when you have a part of you that's fiery and passionate and all these things, you know, mm-hmm. learning to really take that pause or even an extra pause. And it's mm-hmm. just in every relationship. I mean, I, I just Absolutely. think taking a pause, I wish I hadn't taken a pause says no one ever in a right. <laughs> situation, in a heated situation. I don't think anyone's regretted taking a pause, taking a timeout. Seriously. I remember going into going into the bathroom and locking the door and like sliding down the door and like I was crying and I was taking breaths because I did not know how to handle my kids. I did not know what to do. And it was just like chaos. And, and I was just like, and I would just be like, I need a time to breathe. I need a time just to regulate. And once I regulated, I could go back. But there were those times, yeah, you know, I reacted. I reacted and and I didn't handle the situation the greatest. Um, I know that, you know, my kids will probably need therapy in some way. I think that's a part of our role as mothers that we need to be an influence on them in such a way that you know challenges challenges them to grow and evolve too uh but um you know within it the difference that really stood out to me in my parenting was I did something that my parents never did and I always apologized to my kids after Mm. I apologized for hurting them. I apologized for not handling it well. I apologized for not knowing what to do in the middle of what would have been the crisis or or the challenge or the challenge of it. So important that humility. I do. I've done the same thing, and I totally think that's so important to articulate, for sure. And 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 also to say like I don't know to your kid. Like I love what you just said. Like when I don't know, and sometimes I remember when I was young, I had a parent. And I love the fact that they always knew and gave me an answer. And that was comforting, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And I feel like I've built on that. Like I reflected on that and been like, okay, it's it's great. It's wonderful. to. Th- and I, when I say that, and I say this with so much love, like they said, like, oh, well, I think it could be, he, you know, maybe he didn't know, but would say it could be this, it could be that. And that was very sweet because there was a humility in not knowing too. Right. But even to take it to another level, I've tried to with my kids to be like, I don't know sometimes. Right. Yeah. And just to show our humanness. And, and there's so much wisdom in that, which is part of letting go of our egoic 
obsessive um, tendencies, right? It comes back to that. As absolutely. It takes me to a time I remember with my oldest son and I did not handle the situation well whatsoever. And um, I didn't give him the space, the grace that he really deserved. And uh, after the whole ordeal was over, I sat down beside him on the bed and I just held him and I just said, I'm mama so sorry. I am just so sorry that I hurt you. I didn't handle that very well. And I said, you know, sweetie, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, there's no book to tell me how to, how to manage all of this. And he looked at me and he goes, there's no book, mom. I said, no, there's no book. (laughs) Absolutely adorable. There's no, right. No book. And these days you can Google and you'll get a thousand million answers and and there isn't. And it, but and there's no book that can give you what to handle in that in that moment <laughs> in that situation. No book appears to tell you what to do. <laughs> no book appears, and and this is and that's you know it's part of that beautiful teaching that you talked about, where it's remembering that as parents or when we're in romantic relationships or whatever professional relationships, you know, when we mess mm-hmm. up, so to speak, quote unquote, meaning we're not aligned with our highest self and highest aspects of you, as you said, of our personality who we know we are, if we're not in alignment with that, and then we act in ways that aren't, to be able to then call that out and to realize Mm -hmm. that with compassion, because we're souls here growing and learning too, and we don't have to be perfect. We just have to be willing to grow and keep going the distance, right? Yes. And it is a continuing of always, of always extending compassion, mercy, and forgiveness to ourselves for when we don't get it right. And that's the spiritual practice, right? Yeah, that's, that, that's, absolutely. That's really, it really is to have that self-compassion for ourselves and, and our and our people. But I think often, you know, as spiritual seekers, we can hold ourselves to really high standards, especially if you're, you know, sharing, sharing mm-hmm. practices with people. Yeah. So that's really, really beautiful all that what you said. Wow. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. Well, I'm wondering, Bonnie, if you would be willing to punctuate our conversation with a benediction or a short meditation or visualization or whatever you would feel moved to share just to kind of. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. How beautiful. Thank you for asking. Mm. So we start with breath. We close our eyes and begin with breath, the breath of life. Breath is what gave us life. Breath is what continues to do so. And as we focus on our inhale and our exhale, We begin to slow down within ourselves, the natural rhythm of our breathing, the natural rhythm within our body. Just fall into it. The silence, the breath. And as you inhale and exhale, you begin to realize that you are not the one who is breathing that you are being breathed. Let yourself fall into this. Feel the expansiveness of it, the love of it. And so we ask in any way that we've been struggling or challenged in our life, and however it is that we may be experiencing suffering falling into fear within everything that is playing out in our world, that we ask that all of what has been the illusion, that we know truth, 
We ask for the highest truth to be shown, to lead us, to guide us, so that we may know in every moment the choices that are in our highest and best, regardless of circumstances or conclusions we may make about our life and what is possible for us in humanity, for all those who are suffering in the world, for all the mothers who have lost their children, for all those who are struggling with the loss of their loves. May they be blessed with mercy, with healing, with the grace and strength to continue forward. We give praise for the light. We give praise for our life in the knowing that as we do, through the breath, through the oneness of it, that all will be well and that all is well. And as I release this word and I speak it over all of our lives, over the earth, over all who reside here, that I know and trust that we are being taken care of and that only good shall come, that the light, the light of this world is more powerful than the dark. And as we combine our breath, the beating of our heart, that we will all know peace one by one, one by one, as one. And so it is, amen. I am the light, the light I am. Hmm. Thank you so, so much. That was so eloquent, so healing, mm. so powerful, and so peace-inducing. Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, you bet. Oh, my gosh. Well, Bonnie has so generously offered my monthly Mystic members two gifts. One is a free, supremely juicy 45-minute meditation geared towards bridging you back to wholeness, as we spoke of earlier. And the second is 50% off her Evolve membership community. So if you are currently a monthly member of my membership, enjoy these gifts. And thanks really to you all for being a monthly member, which allows me to offer this podcast. If you want to support this podcast while supporting yourself and aren't a monthly Mystic member yet, head on over to my website, modernmystic.love, and get my entire yoga, meditation, and mystic hack video library, which is on a gorgeous and user-friendly platform and includes all sorts of phenomenal discounts and free offerings from my guests, like this awesome offering from Bonnie. This month, I am also starting to offer astrological chart readings in addition to my coaching work. Um, so yeah, you can head on over to my website as well, modernmystic.love dot love to book one there so bonnie where can folks find out about you your profound work and offerings in this world tell us everything Absolutely. So of course, if you're looking, you know, to learn more about me and and to connect, um, you can go to my website at Bonnie Worth. That's B-O-N-N-I-E W 
I-R-T-H dot C-A. And you can learn all kinds of things, all my services, my retreats, what's available in working with me. Um, I would love to have you uh, come and connect with me there. And of course, you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Worth Bonnie, and uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. And I would love just to stay connected. And oh my gosh, Kilkenny, this has just been a fabulous conversation and so grateful that the universe brought our worlds together. Oh, I'm so grateful, Bonnie. I mean, you are just such a force of all that is good in the world. Your inspiration is off the charts. Your wisdom, your profundity is amazing. So thank mm. you so much for being with here with us today. And um, really, thank you for the work you do in this world and for sharing all of your gifts with this world. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation in compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic Podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.